Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my review of The Traveler's Chosen, both the quest and the gun. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live on YouTube by going to saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right into the stream. Uh, it's usually a featured thing on top. You can click uh, subscribe, the bell button. You can click the join button. Those are really, really easy ways to support the channel. You can also click the join button and pick between the memberships. That allows you to be either like a tier one or a VIP to get in the discord and take advantage of all those dope things. So I'm going to walk through a couple of things about this. We're going to first, we're going to kind of review the quest. I kind of feel like every time there's an exotic, we have to talk about the quest. Was it too long, too grindy? Was it too short? Um, There's all these kind of things going on. And every time there's an exotic, I feel like we kind of have to have that debate. Then I want to talk about the gun. You know, the, the gun's got some things on it that are pretty dope. People are kind of experimenting with it and, you know, using it in Crucible and testing out, you know, how effective it is. But then... But then I want to talk about the end game. You know, how does this gun feel? Is it does it feel like it's going to be something in the end game? In general, that's like a bigger topic. That's a bigger subject than just you know the gun itself. The end game in general for exotic primaries is a bigger topic. So let's just talk about the quest. Many are already saying it's just too grindy and it's too long. Um, Dane Foley, thank you for the brand new membership. Uh, thanks for clicking join. You know, people are like, oh, it's too long. It's too grindy. I get that. When we got to the quest, uh, you know, the the bug in the system adventure. It was like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. But I think, in general, if you know, I'm always telling you guys to zoom out. I think if you zoom out on this quest, it's actually not that bad. It doesn't ask you to do anything that's that's that crazy or takes too long. And I think it's kind of like a nice tribute to the planets, the missions, even the weapons. You know, you're getting the the duty bound and some other things to get in the sniper. I think it was the duty bound. Anyway, you get you know you get some of those weapons. It's a nice little send off to these planets that we know are going away. Uh, and then you got some you know some I think some good dialogue from Zavala at the end. If you've got the gun, really really want to encourage you read the lore. Uh, some really interesting developments in the lore of the Traveler's Chosen. I'm not going to discuss it here in case somebody hasn't read it yet or done it yet, and they kind of want to have that surprise. Um, and and I also think. Whenever we talk about exotic quests, we kind of pivot from one side of the road to the other. We're like, too long, too grindy. But then the Devil's Ruin quest, which I thought the Devil's Ruin quest was pretty unique and cool with the, you know, it had cool dialogue and it was short and sweet. People are like, that was garbage. What a garbage quest. I think we have to admit that every time Bungie puts an exotic in the game, they're not going to be able to give you like some mini campaign that's exciting, new and fresh and doesn't reuse existing assets or locations or activities. So it's either going to be short, sweet and to the point like Devil's Ruin, or it's going to reuse existing activities and areas. They're not they're, I don't think that we should expect some monumental, like I said, mini campaign for travelers chosen I, I i think we have to be reasonable and so i'm okay with the quest obviously except for uh <laughs> except for bugging the system like i don't like that adventure it's really it feels really really long and it's kind of frustrating but by and large i part of me whenever i went through this was reminded just how many missions and adventures that don't get utilized in a good way they just sort of sit there derelict and dead like nobody touches them 
I'm always kind of disappointed by that. I think there were some cool things that we did on the planets and some cool stories. Also, you know, some cool uh, some cool background on, on different characters and things. So I'm always reminded that Bungie could probably try and get more capital out of adventures, especially the Baron fights. Uh, but in this case, they don't do that. You just There's a difference between repurposing and reusing. In this instance, they're just reusing it. Repurposing would be putting loot in there, updating it, making it more exciting, and making drops or a reason to go in there. That Repurposing and reusing is different. And most of the time, unfortunately, they just reuse. So let's talk about the gun. I actually really, really like the gun. It's really fun. Uh, that you know, the, the higher the stacks go, it's you know, it, it it caps at ten, and the gun is snappy, reloads fast. I think the little ADS, uh, you know, the little sight is is really cool looking. It's got a great feel. It also reminds me of how I wish we could put shaders on exotic weapons, but that's beside the point. I don't like the ornament all that much. It's kind of nice, but it also looks like peppermint, and so I wish I could put a shader on here. Carmenico would be my my choice because good two tone potential in there with the way the shaders would hit it um but it feels really fun it feels unique it's like oh wow there's not really another gun like this in the game right now i like the idea that they give you this you can keep the speed and the snappiness or you can cash it in i think that's a pretty good balance sometimes unfortunately if you're doing the contact public event uh and you go to hold it down x to bank it can misfire i think that's lag it only did it to me once or twice, but it took my stacks away. Well, I mean, I want to do that at the right time. I want to do it when it's going to help me, like throw my grenade, throw my smoke, do my dodge or whatever, and then cash it in and get get a bunch of it back. Because if you're at 10, you basically get it all back. So in PvE, um, you know, mid lane content, it can be pretty fun and pretty snappy. That's generally where I was using it. I went to the contact public event and it felt really, really good. It felt like a strong primary. That's a perfect place for it. Everything's really, really, really close. You kind of want to be close to the enemy because you're trying to pick up their moats. So it actually works really, really well in environments like that. If it's sort of a meat grinder, if everything's very, very close to you, that's where I think it feels uh, the absolute best. And I usually gravitate away from sidearms, but it actually felt really good. I'm not a sidearm guy. I'm usually leaning towards auto rifles and hand cannons. And unfortunately, auto rifles aren't that great right now either. Hand cannons are kind of winning the day. They just feel super, super consistent. Uh, But this thing felt consistent. I felt like I was getting good, good time to kill. I felt like it was a it was a strong weapon and we all love a quick reload quick reloading in this game just feels nice anytime you proc you know outlaw or before when feeding frenzy was a little bit better it was always nice to proc that you get that quick reload it, it you know it feels really really um enjoyable so as far as the gun and the quest goes i'm giving it a thumbs up the quest was fine wasn't amazing and the gun i think is good and enjoyable but let's talk about the end game because i think that is something that i always consider anytime they put a weapon an item or even as we've discussed with the the stasis subclasses you know are they going to be end game viable is always the question that i ask there's a bigger subject at play here that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the travelers chosen directly more indirectly exotic primaries in general are really hard to justify in the end game typically when you're going into a challenging environment if it's a dungeon if it's a grandmaster even just a good nightfall not a grandmaster but a master nightfall or a raid you're typically going to be using an exotic that lands in the secondary spot 
or lands in the heavy spot. It, it, it's tough to say, oh no, the Traveler's Chosen is definitely worth using. Well, why? Well, it helps me kill ads really quickly and I get great uptime on my grenades. Now, that might be a reason to use it. If you want to have great uptime on oppressive darkness grenades, I could see running it. It's better than Demolitionist, right? You get 10 stacks, cash it in, you got your grenade back. Actually, Demolitionist is probably pretty close to that. Anyway, uh, and again, legendary primaries, kind of unseating exotic primaries has been the story that we've talked about. I even have a video where I talked about this problem, and I essentially said, I believe we need a modifier in the end game where exotic primaries are given a buff. The minute I go into endgame content, think of it as like exotic small arms. It should automatically make all of a sudden there's a distinct difference between an exotic primary and a legendary primary. They should just automatically do more damage. So then you could potentially go into environments with the Traveler's Chosen and feel like it's worthy of of equipping it and using it. Now, in some of these encounters, Bungie's going to have to think, and we talked about this with Stasis, right? They're going to have to think about how pain is delivered. Right now, sidearms, so let's get specific. So that wasn't specific to the Traveler's Chosen. That was more indirect, a problem with exotic primaries. Let's get specific. More directly, a problem with the Traveler's Chosen in the endgame is sidearms are going to be a challenge to use in a lot of these environments because range is your friend staying back away from Grandmaster Nightfalls especially you kind of want to stay back away from everything and away from the action you tend to get mobbed you tend to get what I called solo aggroed solo aggroed is when like you're the only person up in front and everything is shooting you you don't have good lateral movement blocking or parrying so you just take all that damage and tend to die uh, this is one of the reasons that roaming supers kind of struggle too you you try charge out forward and you end up getting the solo aggro so you know distance is really favored in a lot of the end game right now because the way the pain is delivered distance is sort of your answer sit back play distance now i know some people are gonna be like oh i go into grandmasters and i play aggressive and i kind of get up in everybody's face i I think that that's probably few and far between that's not really going to be one of the more go-to strategies so as an exotic it feels exotic it feels really really fun i actually really enjoy it and again i thought the quest was solid but i do think exotic secondaries and heavies they tend to just win in the end game almost automatically because of what we're required to do in a lot of those places with respect to either staying back damage output needed on bosses damage output needed for majors or you know whatever it is that we're doing secondaries and heavies just tend to really really win the war so great weapon not not a bad quest but ultimately probably not going to see this in a lot of the end game i could end up being wrong there could be some really good stasis builds with this again if we go into environments where it's not about pain and like because they said with stasis it's not about pain and brute force it's not about damage it's about you know slowing and freezing and controlling this could come in and complement those those subclasses really really well that we'll have to wait and see if that ends up being true we're going to transition in a little bit to Q&A and some VIP. As always, if you're listening to this or watching this elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the Traveler's Chosen. I reviewed both the quest and the gun. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you to the YouTube channel. Easy way to support me there is to click subscribe and the bell button. Uh, You can also click the join button. If you want to become a paying member and get in the Discord, we've got watch parties because of Repeat Theater, my other show. We're watching shows together, and we're you can do Q&A. You can do VIP call-in. So if you want to join, click the join button 
and that supports me directly. You can also use the sntrpresents.com Patreon if you'd rather do that. We're trying something a little different as well. If you're like, hey, where have the videos been going? We've been only doing the 10-minute video and trying a timestamp in the description. Uh, I, I was uploading too many videos. It was kind of bombarding my subs. Techno Tyrant with the first question. The Traveler's Chosen quest is the ending for stories of the vendors and the planets getting vaulted. Should have had more fanfare and weight than just going to the planets and doing what we've been doing for the past four years and reading blocks of text. You know, I want to be fair here. I didn't read the blocks of text. And so it's... Sometimes I think we ask for something and then we're like, but no, not like that. (laughs) Do you see it? Like... So my daughter will ask for a sandwich and my wife will make it and she'll be like, well, no, not like that. I wanted it cut like this. And it's like, are you, are you, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now? So this feels similar. Oh, we want story. We want more info. We want more blah. And then we don't read the text where it's like, click, click, click. Give me the exotic. Come on. Shut up. Get out of my way. Um, so to, to a certain extent, I think they did. They did try to give you like the little send off, the little dialogue, you know, you can read it. They're not necessarily going to do cinematics and cutscenes and uh and, and dialogue and bring in voice actors for a gun. Um yeah, and and it's true. Some of the voice actors are actually no longer with us. They've passed on so that we don't we can't they can't even record new audio. Um and that that's not always going to be the excuse, right? You're not always going to be like, well, the voice actors died. Like, that's not always going to be the excuse. Sometimes you're going to be like, well, no, it like, we, it, there's there's text, you know, you can you can read it. And so I don't want to give I don't want to give uh, ground to a criticism that is sort of dismissing something as if the only way the only way they can deliver dialogue and make a quest interesting is to have either a cutscene or spoken dialogue. Um, I mean, some of the lore, when I read it, it's dope. Come on. When they put those lore posts, when they put those lore posts on Bungie and we read through them, they're usually pretty awesome. They're usually, usually uh, pretty awesome. And so, um, I... I think it's okay for them to do that. So I understand being like, oh, they're sending these planets away. There should have been more fanfare. Um, I would, what I would do is I would point to the, the, the dialogue from Zavala. I felt like that was pretty good. It felt somber. It felt, wow, there are changes brewing. There's change coming. This wasn't just an exotic quest. It was sort of a mark of like, they're going to stay and fight. Brother Vance is going who knows where. And who's coming to the tower? Um... Anna. Anna's the only one coming to the tower. So it's like, Anna's coming to the tower and the rest aren't. The rest are either going to die on their planets or they're going to, um, or, you know, Brother Vance is going off to do whatever. So if, uh, if, if that's not enough for you, I think that's, you know, obviously that's going to come down to personal preference. You might say, oh, it wasn't good. It should have been better. They should have done more. I'm going to land on it again. This is subjective. This is my opinion. I'm going to land on it and say, I thought this was good. I thought this was acceptable. We went to the planets, little tribute, little, little, little salute, getting the weapons, you know, from those planets, the sniper and the, you know, all the different things. Um, Asher's going to face the pyramid on IO and Sloan is going to stay and fight as well. Anna's coming to the tower and then brother Vance is going off and doing something. Um, so, 
I'm just, I don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna, like, beat them up about that. This is what I was talking about last week. The game needs cutscenes for moments like this. Too much uh, of this is stuck in the lore when most won't read it. Right, but you got a cutscene. You got one with Zavala. I mean, he stood and turned and he talked and he, you, you, it wasn't like a, a, a super elaborate cutscene, but he turned around and talked to us. Um, this is why I said, we're like, oh, I want more of this, but not like that. You know, I want more of this, but only in this way. Like, we're like we're only going to accept, you know, good story, good campaign, good quest or whatever. If it's a cutscene, like, I don't know if that's fair. Um, I don't know if that's fair. That, uh, the only thing that happened was that his menu went away and you call that a cutscene. I said, you know, it was a, it was a basic cutscene. You know, he turns around and talks to you. Yeah, I know there's nothing. It's just him standing where he always stands. But again, again, it's, it's literally a teeny little quest for an exotic. Like I, we usually don't get, um, we don't even get that a lot of the times. Okay, fine. Let's split the hairs. It's not a cutscene. It's just dialogue. Even though they had to do mocap and he moves around and talks, it's not a cutscene. Are you happy? You know, this just in, you know, streamer defense dialogue is cutscene. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, I am judging it based on what it set out to do. And... I think they did an acceptable job. It wasn't. It wasn't mind blowing. I didn't expect it to be mind blowing. Um, it was. It was a reasonable length quest that had a nice little nostalgic send off to the planets and dialogue to read if you wanted. Like, if you're not gonna read the dialogue, you can't be like, they, it, it would. Well, I wanted a cutscene. It's like, well, again. I do that with my kids. It's like, if you're hungry, you'll eat it, right? <laughs> if you're hungry, you'll eat your dinner. Like, it'll happen. Like, your your hunger will will take over. Um, so, oh, uh, that's a bummer. He's coming back exclusively to Twitch. I was really hoping he was going to go to YouTube. Um, I was really hoping that he was going to go to YouTube. I kind of want Twitch to take some take some knocks. That's a bummer. They had to throw a lot of money at him. That would have hurt after after Doc. I think they I think they could not afford to have Doc go to YouTube and him. That would have been a that would have been a double. That would have been a, a one two punch. So they probably threw a lot of money at him as a PR as a PR need. They needed him to come back. So he's a smart businessman. So he probably argued for a really good contract, you know, because they didn't treat him very well when he left. Um, it, we're talking about Ninja. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I'm okay with the quest. I'm okay with blocks of text. I didn't even read them, but I'm not going to complain about them. Uh, if I don't read them, (laughs) uh, so Hitman, do you feel like they've simply swung too hard in the direction of exotic quests? I just feel the mystique excitement and the hunt for cool and amazing exotics has been totally lost in D2 and D1. The quest felt more paced out and well-timed. In D2, they feel like padding. I mean, I don't think this is fair. I, I don't think this is fair. I think, we, I think we've had a very, very good variety of exotic delivery in Destiny 2. It, we've had some really, really cool ones. I mean, we're still in year three, so I get to claim Divinity and Xenophage, right? In, in, in year three, Divinity and Xenophage were really, really cool. And then you had Devil's Ruin. 
listen, if Bastion wouldn't have been on the calendar, getting Bastion was really cool, really creative. It was mysterious. It was crazy. It was, you know, the quarters of time public coming together, you know? Um, Xenophage, though? It was cool! What do you mean? A secret boss in the dungeon with a unique mechanic? That was awesome! What are you talking about? They have done, I think, a good job in year three having exotic delivery be sometimes cool, mysterious, or unique, and sometimes not. Every exotic cannot land in the game like a Whisper Outbreak or or a Xeno or a Divinity. Oh, you're agreeing. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, you can't you can't have every exotic come that way. It, it's it's. I think that's unreasonable. That's totally unreasonable. I can't remember the quests in D1. I feel like the quests in D1 were usually pre- like, what was the one where you uh you had to get all the void kills and frigging crucible? Oh, what was that thorn? And that thorn came from a random bounty. Ah, that was trash. Get out of here. That was terrible. Having to go use the auto rifle from Vaults of Glass in the Crucible, along with the Truth and a Fusion Rifle or whatever the frick people did. That was... No. (laughs) Absolutely not. I think... I don't know. I think sometimes we do this. You want to paint the game with one brush. It's like, well, I didn't like this one, so... Destiny 2, they just lost the mystique and the excitement. Are you kidding me? We've had some excellent, excellent exotic quests in this game. You know, it's been, it's been pretty, I think it's been pretty, pretty consistently good. And yeah, you have these other ones like Wither Horde and, and Devil's Ruin that they just kind of hand you. Uh, That's, that's fine. They're, they're, we can't ask for every exotic to be a mini campaign, you know? Yeah, Swizzle, I know. I already saw the announcement. Darksider. Uh, the Traveler's Chosen Quest feels like a better New Light introduction than the normal one as it guides the player through all PvE activities available for New Light. Should Bungie redo the introduction quest to be more like Traveler's Chosen? This is a pretty good observation. Maybe that's what this is essentially testing is because they, they said they're going to do it on the Cosmodrome. They're going to take people through it, you know? Um... So there could be, uh, I think there could be, there could be this, this setup where they would start you on the Cosmodrome and then take you to all the planets and the NPCs and the adventures and the strikes. And that's, yeah, that's a great introduction to the game, the world, the story, you know, uh, and all along the way, they could pepper it with maybe some new audio. So a new player understands what's going on, you know, Gaul and the, um, the, the pyramid ships the traveler's chosen was also known about for a very long time there's no surprise surprise anymore with all the data mining well whose feet do we lay that at i mean i don't know you know yo it's good hand uh i've been on youtube for we're over two months two months uh two months and some change so we're 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 hoping to get the channel back on Twitch so we can kind of stream in both places to let everybody know where I am, but that's that's all in process right now. I sent a bunch of stuff in, so um but I agree with what Darksider is saying here. I think you could really walk walk people through a similar 
structure to what we did uh, for this Traveler's Chosen quest, and that's a great, I think that's a solid entrance point for people that are brand new to the game. You introduce them to the planets, the locations, and the activities, and sprinkle sprinkle story or backstory in there, and I think that'll, that'll be solid. Um, so... Darksider. Traveler's Chosen plus Surprise Attack can do pretty high damage, but Contest Mod uh, limits it in endgame. Do you think it's time to remove Contest Modifier except for World First Races as it limits builds to only being focused on how to get the highest burst and nothing else? I touched on this uh, yesterday and I touched on it in my review a little bit. And essentially what I said was the minute you go into endgame and the pain is brute force and damage, weapons like this fall off because distance and range and safety become prominent and getting up close dies. And what you're saying, contest modifier automatically makes it like it just doesn't feel viable anymore. Now, I like a healthy delta because it, rem- it keeps things intense. So when I saw swords in the bullfight, in the new dungeon I felt that that was the best experience of that fight that I've had now I go in there and it's a joke so I think there's a happy middle ground here where you could keep some of the delta and keep that pain of like you gotta survive you gotta shuffle your feet There's it keeps an intensity there you can't just stand still and dial it in and phone it in you gotta keep moving you gotta pay attention to your health you gotta go into cover right however what I said yesterday is related to what I said today. Exotic primaries just fall off the table in the end game. They're so hard to justify using. Number one, because secondaries and heavies become almost required in a lot of the end game content. You want those exotics, right? And then, ex- like primaries in general just tend to suck the minute there's a delta because of trash ads. So exotic primaries could get a buff in those environments. The Delta shouldn't be 25, max 15. Still swords, but a lot more safer. Yeah, they could tone it down. They could also say exotic weapons are immune to power Delta or exotic primaries are immune to power Delta. Like, that would be dope. You'd be like, well, now when I go into the end game, if contest is turned on, exotic primaries actually have some footing in there. So yes, the the Traveler's Chosen and some of these other exotic primaries, they're really fun to use in strikes, public events, and seasonal content, but they actually aren't just fun. They have some purpose in the end game. I mean, having somebody who could go into the end game and take on the role of ad management while you brought your big beefy exotic for damage and this guy brings his support exotic you know for for support you see you're taking on roles right now like primaries are just like they don't even feel like a tool in your toolbox in the end game they feel like a chisel you're just kind of like gotta chisel their health down so this is an idea I put forth in a video a couple weeks ago. The only way exotic primaries get their footing in the end game is you make them immune to the delta or you give them some type of a buff in the end game. So I go in with my Huckleberry and I'm helping my team. I'm I'm mowing down trash ads and I I'm fulfilling a role now. Trash ads are a nuisance in those environments because they take so long to kill. Doesn't there need to be a balance between difficulty and ease of completion during a farmable event? 
A chisel would at least deal damage to them? Right. It, well, that's what I'm saying, Finn Freak. Like, I still think the Delta is healthy because it allows things to kind of slow down and have, a, and have a semblance of intensity. So you're not just burning through it like it's butter. But at the same time, there needs to be more nuance and, and balance to where a, a couple of acolytes and thralls, you know, and even a red bar captain are, I can manage them with an exotic primary. I, I don't know. Now, obviously, everybody might gravitate toward Mida, and it might not change much, because everybody would just sit back and click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, you know, without Mida. Because um, you're already you're already used to playing range anyway. So it might not add a lot of weapon diversity in the endgame, but it would at least get some exotic primaries out in play. This is what the game feels like. This is what it feels like to me. Oh, man, this exotic primary is so fun. This is dope. And I'm in you know, contact public event or a strike. And the minute I leave those environments, I'm like, well, it was fun playing with you. Get out of here. <laughs> like, th- you know what I mean? It's like, this is so fun. Oh, what a great gun. Go in the end game. Get the frick out of here, you weak piece of trash. Like, that's what it feels like. It just gets shoved right off the table. How are you not going to use Xeno or Divinity or all these other exotic secondaries and heavies that get way more traction in the endgame? Why? Because the endgame is all about pain and damage. Now, Stasis could come in and completely flip the script because they said that, you know, Stasis is about slowing the battle, you know, slowing combat and control. It's not about brute force and damage. Well, that means then track with me here if stasis is not about brute force and damage you might not bring weapons and builds with you that are brute force and damage based they would be more utility based so travelers chosen with stasis could be nuts you run that one fragment that gives you increased weapon damage after you freeze some enemies then you run the other fragment that when you shoot frozen enemies with a gun you get super energy and then you're getting ability energy to keep the freeze up time because you can cash in the stacks on the travelers chosen now the utility of the build lines up with a build that's not about brute force and damage you're not gonna be like yeah brute force and damage weapons with a with a subclass that's not about that so the hope would be stasis can bring that air and that change to where Bungie makes encounters where that's sensible. Again, I don't want encounters that you, th- you think that's the only option is to run stasis, but encounters where stasis seems very viable, you know, and, and you're, you're going to take different weapons, different exotic armor too. We talked about that yesterday. Some of the exotic armor, some of the utility that comes from exotic armor might get more legs in the end game with stasis than they presently get right now with bubble well and tether who's to say it's meant for pve endgame and more of a pvp weapon not all weapons need to be meta on both sides oh well i'm certainly not arguing that peter there are definitely weapons that seem far more built for pvp i think thorn well now thorns thorns a killer in the right in the right areas in pve it's actually a pretty strong weapon but there definitely are you know weapons that seem you know built for pvp i would argue this weapon actually does straddle both worlds it does especially with oppressive darkness and then stasis the ability to keep your ability uptime um quick and strong with stasis especially i think travelers chosen is straddling both environments it there there's no question this weapon's going to be strong with stasis because if you can keep that uptime for freezing and melee punches and stuff you're going to never be able you'll always be able to freeze stuff if you're running this weapon it'll be it'll be It'll be fun, maybe broken, I don't know. 
There are certainly weapons like the Last Word and others, though, that are that have a have a clear bent towards PvP. I don't think that's true of this uh, this particular weapon, though. Uh, 4K Manning with the next question. Um, what incentive would people have to run anything besides Stasis once it's out? You're still going to probably need well bubble tether for some environments. We'll have to wait and see, but that's a good question. Um, Traveler's Chosen perk leans heavily toward PvE. Your stacks go away on death. That, yeah, that, 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 that makes it very a, a little bit more PvE-oriented. Um, with Traveler's Chosen being a reskin, do you feel that it's wrong of Bungie to reskin not exotics into exotics? Well, I mean, when they did this with Kvostov, I think we liked it, didn't we? At least I did. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't get upset about that. I don't know. This is like the first sidearm you get in the game, right? The Traveler's Chosen? That, I think that's cool. You know, I don't know. I think, I think we use reskin as an, it's like an automatic pejorative. It's an automatic insult. Yeah, reskin. It's like Kvostov was cool. Um, the exotic quest for Kavasa is probably one of the best moments. It's one of the more memorable moments of dialogue you get, like the memory of when you started your journey in Destiny. I got kind of emotional. I remember. I was like, wow, I played this game for a really long time. That was really touching. You know, if that makes me, you know, a mushy idiot, so be it. But like, I don't know. I think it's cool. Yeah, Stranger's Rifle. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think sometimes we need to reskin is like is like a you know those commercials they have for like remember the Ginsu world knife world class knives or Ginsu knives and they're like it can cut through pipes you know and watermelon and your car and you're like what the frick am I really gonna use a Ginsu knife on pipes but they're showing you how sharp it is right sometimes I feel like we use reskin criticisms that way we're like reskin yep get no no bungee it's like Hey, come on! You know it's okay sometimes. You know, I I get it. We get tired of seeing the same models and the you know when they the same models of guns and and, and armor and all that. I think sometimes, you know, it, it can get a little like, yeah, come on, man! Can you make some new stuff? In this scenario, I I have zero problem with them saying the very first weapon you get in the game, we're gonna bring it back. It's gonna be dope you know this very reminiscent of Kvostov we got Kvostov later on we had a really cool mission where we got it back and this time they did it again really cool mission and lore the lore's crazy read the lore <laughs> Sabathun and some stuff you know um so Necro out of all the sidearms in the game which one is your favorite uh I don't really like sidearms. I think, you know what's funny? The one that I actually like, I, I used to use it, you know, periodically, and I thought it sounded really cool, um, is it originally was a Dead Man Walking, but the Dead Man Walking reskin, so you could get you could get random rolls on this. Uh, this thing's fun. And it's it reminds me of like a, a phaser in Star Trek. It's like pew 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 pew, you know? <laughs> it's got like a cool sound. It honestly kind of looks cool um, when you're when you're using it. It's got like a cool look and a cool sound. And I got a pretty good roll. Um, I think I have a pretty good roll on it. Hang on. I wanna Wow, okay. Dim. Uh, where is it? 
Oh, I must have deleted it. Oh, I am actually bummed about that. Um, it's Dead Man Walking, so maybe search for dead. Yeah, I got rid of it. I'm surprised I did that. I had a, I had a pretty cool roll uh, on it. Um, yeah, I ran out of Carminica. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to see what Carminica looked like on it. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a peek. Oh, look at that chat. I'm telling you, dude, it's best shader. In, it's best shader in the game. This is probably the one that I would pick. Not because it's actually a great weapon. I just think it's dope. I loved how they added the little, you know, the little black armory flare on the under barrel. Uh, I think the Suros weapons annual skate and the dead man walking and the Suros auto rifles have always looked really clean to me. You know, you got the little exhaust holes on the side. It's very sleek. Uh, and then it had like a cool sound. You know, so I like this one with like, I forget what I had. I had like full auto and something else. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed it. Now, again, I'm not picking it cause it's good. I'm picking it cause I thought it was cool. Like it's a cool little weapon. Uh, I just tend to gravitate away from sidearms. Um, it's a similar model to the current fool's remedy. Um, you know, I did. I liked the one from, I liked the one from, uh, this one, the seventh serif one. This one's really nice too. This one's really, really nice. If you get like a good full auto on it, um, it's a Suros weapon. Oh, it's it's full auto by default. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh yeah, Fool's Remedy. It's the same model. It's a Suros model. Yep. Mhm. 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 Yep. Very, very nice. Looks like Citizens of the City uh, um, lore piece went live on Bungie. We'll check that out in a moment. Yeah, here's the original Dead Man Walking. That's just like the 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 vanilla version yeah they've used the Suros model a couple of times because they use it here for uh, new monarchy they use it for swift solstice they've used that model a handful of times so a lot of people would probably pick last hope but that's my pick uh fuzzy says um do you think there's a reason Bungie is reluctant to introduce more exotics with inherent champion perks? Traveler's Chosen could have been a perfect build weapon in conjunction with the artifact mods this season if it had something like anti-barrier rounds. I would say that they're uh, they're probably they. Ha- I, I believe they have a plan. I believe they have a plan. And my reasoning is very simple. The the scout rifle that they gave to us two seasons ago um, did it by accident. It was, yeah, it was in Dawn. The Symmetry was doing Unstoppable, I think, uh, and it was doing it, like, by accident. Um, so, I think that was, like, and the fact that they took it away, what that does, what that tells me is they have plans they have plans to uh, to do something in the future. So they have a plan for symmetry. They have a plan for all these exotics because they took it away. Now, that might seem weird. Like, what? They took it away? Why would that mean they have a plan? If they didn't have a plan to update these guns in the future with some type of champion mod capability or, or intrinsic champion trait, then they would have just left it alone. Do you see? Like, why would you take it away? Um... For me, it tells me their plan is to finally remove champions. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. If their plan was to remove champions, I don't think they would have put them in the contact public event. Um, 
Symmetry can ignore immune barriers in Garden and, and, and Crown. Oh, really? Hmm. I feel like you give them too much credit. Why do you guys always say that to me? If it was, if they didn't have a plan, it's a, it's simple. It's simple. I'm not giving them too much credit. They took the time to go in and disable an intrinsic champion perk on here that apparently wasn't supposed to be there. That tells me that they've something has to be coming instead. Come on. I don't know. It's very... I'm just being very simple and logical about it. I'm not going to die on this hill. It just seems to me like you would have just left it alone. Who cares? You know? Eh, it's not a big deal. It's spaghetti code? I, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't want to belabor this point. I think eventually they're going to do something with it. It's a clear pain point and frustration in the community. Champion mods and, 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 and exotics. And... I think they'll have an answer soon, and I think maybe that's something that we'll hear about, you know, I think September will be a little bit more dry, so maybe we'll get a blog post about that. Maybe there'll be a TWAB about the artifact and champion mods, like what their role is going to look like um, next time. So, Ashen, I just don't see the point to use exotic primaries as long as champions exist. Do champs need to be deleted? I know I bring this up every week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ashen is in chat being like, you give him too much credit. And then his very next question is about this. Like, it sounds to me like you're on uh, Darksiders team. You guys just wanted to get rid of champions. Um, here's the thing. I think champions are the first step toward actual layers to the combat. And and they just haven't done a good job with it. I think the, 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 the intention is good, but... I try so hard to convey this and I don't see how people, I, I, I struggle to feel, I struggle to understand how you guys don't see this, the potential of this. Layers in the combat is better than just brute force deltas where everything's stronger and it's annoying. Layers are more interesting because you have to make a combat decision in relation to your loadout decisions to deal with that layer of pain. To me, that is far more interesting. The combat changes. You're doing something different. You're equipping something that has a pain point mitigation purpose. I, you know, like it's 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 more it's more interesting. You take champions out of the game right now, and what are you going to do? I, I mean, I guess really good modifiers maybe could come. It's like I can see the Matrix, and I can't explain it to you guys. It just makes sense in my brain to have more champions, more types of champions, and give us a lot more freedom with champion mods. Put armored champions in the game, and then have armor buster mods for snipers, fusion rifles, and shotguns. That's a, that's a decision you can make, and then you can load yourself out, and you can take care of that armor and bust it off, and then you can do damage to the enemy. That's a combat decision, a positioning decision, a loadout decision you make to mitigate damage in the game, as opposed to, does it have a damage perk? Does it have a reload perk? Like, there's more depth to it. I don't know. To me, it just that just makes sense in my brain. I'm like, that is a better path for Destiny's combat, and I'm already seeing glimpses of that even in the stasis customization. That you're gonna you're gonna outfit yourself with abilities, oops, abilities and perks that land in in the game. Like that, it's gonna have you 
doing things in the game, your combat's going to change. The best example I can give you is the one we've already outlined. Freezing buffs my weapons. Killing frozen enemies with my weapons gives me super energy. I am now playing in a particular way that has a benefit. I'm not playing like that now. But I would play differently in relation to my loadout. So it doesn't feel... That's one of the reasons the game feels super, super samey. Because you're just like, basically the same ads. Basically the same uh, you know, content. And basically the same combat. Why do you think raids, especially from D1, are more memorable? Why? Because you're doing things that are not traditional to the, to, to the, to the average combat in Destiny. You gotta be good with the relic. You gotta be good with the scorch cannon. You gotta be able to run double cannon. You gotta be able to run uh, the aura. You gotta be able to manage this. You gotta be paying attention to slam the back. You're doing things that are not normal, so it feels fresh. It feels, oh, this is new. I've never done this before. That's why I love the Scourge of the Past final boss fight. That's That's all new combat that we're doing. Popping the guy's shield, stunning him when he goes up in the air, berserker busting, reading a map, managing snipers. That that that's not combat that I do in, in almost any of the ninety nine percent of Destiny content, you know. So the, if they were to deepen combat by adding those layers, I feel like champions are a step in that direction. To just punt and be like, yeah, they got it wrong, get him out of the game. Ah, what a waste. There's so much. I feel like there's so much potential there. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's there's potential that hasn't been realized or tapped into. And it would be a shame to just kick it out of here. You know, you know, just kick it out. Just get, get it out of here. I don't like it. It doesn't work. Instead of refining it and making it better so that when you go into combat, you're making more decisions than just what's going to help me stay alive and do lots of damage. Like, that's basically the only questions we ask. Stasis and the way they're describing stasis to me is a step in a direction of a different type of combat style and a different type of endgame pain point delivery so that we're not doing the same things all the time. So... By the way, if you've never been here before, this is the, what we do pretty much Monday through Friday during the day this time, you know, Eastern time around eight in the morning, Eastern time. Usually we're getting started around eight 30. People like to bust my chops about that. Uh, and then we kind of stream into the afternoon. It's like an interactive podcast. It's safe for work. You can submit questions. We can discuss, we can debate, uh, debating and discussing here is super, super welcome. It makes for a great, great day. So if you like the idea of keeping me on in the background, supporting a channel like this, please do me a favor, click the subscribe button and then the bell button. That is totally free. It is free to subscribe to my channel. Click subscribe and the bell button. If you want to become a paying member and click join and pick from the different tiers of support, you can do that. You get emotes, a badge, perks in discord. You can submit questions. After this, we actually have people call in live and talk to me. Those are VIPs that get to do that. So I appreciate all the crazy support lately. The viewership continues to trend upward and we continue to see more people coming in every day. Uh, and if you feel like it, hit the like button as well. Um, they don't feel like they have potential. They are a brick tying and limiting Bungie's decisions in creating combat scenarios that could actually be interesting. I, I don't agree with that. If again, I think I see the matrix, and I can't, I can't convey it as good as I wish I could. I, I, I feel like I'm a good communicator, and I feel like I'm failing in this regard. If they put more champions in the game, and you had more opportunities and ways to equip champion, champion mods, you know. Oh, thank you, uh, Jessica. Yeah, we've been here for about two months. If they did that, 
it wouldn't be a brick that limits their capabilities. That's like saying void shields are limiting their choices. No, just run a void weapon. It's a, it's a pain point you can minimize with a loadout decision. And so you go into an environment and match games turned on and you make sure everybody has a certain element type. It's the, it's the same idea. It's a horse of a different color. It's the same idea as match game shields in the end game. And if you're equipped and you have way more freedom... So you have a champion mod on your primary, your secondary, your heavy, maybe one on your armor, maybe one, maybe there's an aspect or a fragment or something. You do all that and you're able to know, okay, there's two unstoppables over there and there's an anti-barrier in front of me. All right, so I'm going to rush this guy with my SMG, bust his shield, boom, got him. All right, unstoppables over there. All right, I'm going to bust him with my shotgun. Clum, clum, clum. Like you're making combat decisions that I might, I might handle completely differently than you because there's all this freedom I have with the champion mods where I can equip them and how I can equip them and we might attack that strike in that room completely different than each other you're saying they can add even more different types of champions yes yes I've made this analogy before. It's a weird analogy, but if you play Rayman Legends or Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Blind Forest, you could put a save point anywhere you want as long as you had the energy. And Rayman Legends, the checkpoint was always like right there. Okay? And because of that, they could turn up the intensity. Because you're like, ooh, I almost had it. And you're right back to where you were. Now, if they cranked the intensity, but I had to run through areas all over again and retread five to ten minutes of content, and then I get back to the intense moment, that intensity is going to exhaust the player and take them to a breaking point of frustration, and they're going to check out. But they can turn up the frustration. Why? Because the checkpoint's right there. So if you empower the player with lots of freedom with champion mods, you can put champion mods anywhere you want. And, and there's more champion mods and more champions, guess what? They're well in their right to put champions in more places. There's more layers to the combat now. It's not just about damage and survivability. It's about how are you going to manage all these different things in the room. It's essentially interweaving garden variety combat with mechanics. Equip us to the point where we by default cancel the champions by making them like they aren't there. No, that is such a disingenuous summary of everything I've just said. No, it's efficiency. If you go into a match game environment where there's void shields and you run a void primary and you are efficiently getting rid of the shields, are you canceling out the void shields in the match game modifier? No, you're mitigating that pain. You're solving that pain point. You're doing something to handle it as efficiently as possible. You're not canceling it out. That's what we're doing right now. Give me a break. We're doing that now. You just throw on guillotine and just right bumper your way to victory. Cling, 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 dead. Come on. So uh, we'll have to agree to disagree on this. I think champions are poorly executed right now. We agree on that point. I do not agree that the solution is to get rid of them. I think the solution is to make them better and equip us to handle them more freely. That's it. I would hate to see them punted from the game just like that. I, I think that's 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 not the right call. That's not the right call. Like Lightleaf saying, add depth. Add depth. Don't kick them out. They're the only thing that they've added recently that makes combat feel slightly different. <laughs> like... Okay, we gotta move on. I don't want to spend all day here. But but good back and forth. Good back and forth. Good disagreement. Um, Oki, slightly off topic, but your talk made me wonder. 
Do you think the freezing with stasis will make roaming supers more viable in endgame? I honestly don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. No idea. Because the biggest problem, I think, with roaming supers in the endgame is they feel weak. Right? They feel weak. So, if... Are they going to suddenly feel stronger just because stuff is frozen? I don't think so. I really, really don't. Um, I would say roaming supers, we've talked about this before, I think roaming supers in general need a buff in the end game. Um, you know, I, I would say I would say they need just a generic buff in the end game. If they're if they're going to say, hey, you know, we're 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 adding stasis and 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 stasis is stronger, you know, and and, and it's it's worthy of use in the end game. I, I don't know they're not weak, but nearly all roaming supers are melee range, and no sane person would go into melee range in end game. Well, it, well, here's the thing I'm saying though I, I'm not saying it um, in detail enough. I'm being generic. Let me be specific. I said this a while ago. A roaming super, you should be basic in PVE. I should be like invincible. I'm a god, calling on a godlike power. I, I I'm I, I should be able to be like, I am imbued with the power of the gods right now. You can't kill me right now. That's step one. Step two, I don't think the damage scales appropriately. It just doesn't scale appropriately. You, you're 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 throwing a, a hammer at a trash ad. I literally was in. I forget where I was the other day. I don't think I was in a nightfall or anything. I threw three hammers at a red bar knight to kill him. That's that's got to be the, what? No. As long as they're as long as they're a red bar, instantly dead. Just wham, boom, wham, boom. I should just be able to plow through the ads with a roaming super. Think about it. Ask the question. What's the role of a roaming super? What is it? To clear out as many ads as possible. That's the role of a roaming super. That's why there's exotics and perks and things you can do to keep the uptime of the super going. Because its role, its its job, is to is to kill as many ads as possible. Okay. You go into the end game and it doesn't do that anymore. Fix it. It's that simple. Fix it. If it's not doing its job in the end game, then it's it needs to be adjusted. You know what I mean? How come the YouTube channel Karen memes got shut down? What are you talking about? Um, so, read the, yeah, we'll read the new lore blog after this. Yeah. Ashen Hollow. Springboard. Not only the champions, but also charged with light. Some exotics don't even have catalysts. Uh, and Warmind Cells mods further push people away from exotic primaries. Should they just make orbs automatically? Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um... Yeah, I would, I don't know. Um, need a break from the ads? Try Spotify Premium. Shut the frick up. <laughs> uh, thank you, Papa. No problem. Um, I'm getting one shot in my super with full masterworks. Yeah, this is actually a pretty good question. This is where you, you honestly need to have like a an entire blog post and update dedicated to exotic primaries. 
without a catalyst they're not creating the orbs they can't do champion stuff like there's so many things about them that, that are getting them just kind of shelved the minute you go into end game so you're just touching on another thing ashen that i think needs addressed you need to do like an entire twab we need to talk about exotic primaries and they need to they need to concede that exotic primaries just are not getting a presence in the end game they're fun and they're cool and they're unique but they're essentially like their loadout limiting pinnacle weapons is what they feel like. The minute I go into the end game, that's what that's what an exotic primary feels like. A loadout limiting pinnacle weapon. The power exchange sucks. I'm putting away Xeno or Divinity, and what am I getting? A gun that can go boom boom sometimes? Like what that, that's not good enough. So there there that has to be addressed. It has to. Uh, next question from Dracus. Lono, you desire more space magic oriented weapons. Yes, this is a standard weapon mixed with space magic. Do you feel it's an adequate compromise or do you want to see more stark departure? Um, no, this is actually good. I like that you, you're familiar enough with kind of my outlook to ask this question. This is actually a good question. Um, the reason I like the Traveler's Chosen is because it dips its toes into two worlds. Yes, it's just a weapon. And yes, if you just keep the stacks, you get the reload handling and target acquisition. So it's just, it's just like, bam, 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 bam. It just feels really, really snappy, right? But it gets to dip into another world. It gets to say, now hang on a minute. Yes, I'm a very excellent gun. And yes, you know, I'm very fast. But I also can give you your grenade melee and dodgeback like that. Oh, that's nice. That'll be even nicer with stasis, I think. To keep your uptime of your melee and your grenades for freezing, I think it's going to be... I, I really do. I think this gun's going to take on a whole new feel when, uh, when stasis gets here. So, the uh, the fact that it dips into two worlds is, is one of the reasons I really, really like it. If it's going to be like a, uh, a Huckleberry, okay? No space magic, an SMG that is all about... Uh, damage and reload uptime, just keeping the gun going, right? Um, you know, it's uh, it's a miniature, it's a it's like a miniature sweet business in in some respect, and it's got a great ornament. Uh, this is where we've talked before about an exotic primary needs to leave its lane. Outbreak kind of does that, right? Outbreak perfected kind of leaves its lane. Huckleberry doesn't. Huckleberry is just like a really, really strong SMG, and that's it. Now, sometimes I think that's okay, just to have like a fun, you know, it's basically, I guess you could say best in class, you know, SMG. But this is why the end game just sort of, boom, bounces it off the table. It's like all the weapons are lined up to go into the club, and the name of the club is Endgame, right? Like, I can't wait to get in there, man. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be dope. <laughs> and the Xenophage and the 1K voices and the and the Divinity are just kind of laughing. They're like, he has no idea. <laughs> he has no idea. And you get to the door. We're getting to go to the end game, right? Yeah. And the bouncer's like, not you. <laughs> and the Huckleberry's like, I don't understand. I'm an exotic. Come on, guys. Let me in. And they're like, no. <laughs> you can't come in here. You're not. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough get out of here you know and then the huckleberry walks down to the corner and he sees you know he he sees the uh 
he sees the other primaries down there Soros regimes down there you know trying to you know asking for change trying to sneak in the back you know they're trying to sneak into the bag of the club so it's like that's it just feels like the bouncer's just standing there to be like uh uh-uh no not you no why why not I don't understand I don't know because the divinity exists the cold heart exists you know and then you obviously ruinous effigy exists not to mention you come down here and it's just Xeno anarchy 1k even tractor can is kind of nice you know Wardcliffe in some areas so I I just that's how it feels to me they're just going to continue to get bounced and the only way they get in the club is you got to give them a membership card and the membership card is power in the end game give that huckleberry a buff in the end game so he comes back to the club goes up to the bouncer and the bouncer's like oh you again huh and he's like yeah check it out and he's got a membership card that says power granted in the end game and suddenly huckleberry gets to do its job in the end game which is shredding trash ads that's the answer that's one of the weirdest analogies I've ever come up with it wasn't based in food so I'm amazed we got it to work (laughs) Uh, finding chemo says from what I've seen travelers chosen has been running rampant in pvp uh, this has been mostly noticeable in Iron Banner. Do you think this is because the newest exotic or because it's the best in class sidearm? Um, it's probably a bit of both. Um, you know, I see this is why I can't go to morning meetings. You caught my analogies while I'm gone. What are you talking about? Uh, are we out of coke? Oh no! I was like, "What are you doing?" My 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 wife's dropping my food off. She's got like the cardboard from the Coke that we bought from Costco. Uh, yeah, I mean the it's probably a mix of both. That it's it's new and it's strong. It arguably at the end of the day and at the end of the weeks when people bust it all down, they may or may not conclude that this is the absolute best sidearm or whatever. Um, so it's we, I, I don't know I, I don't think it's been enough time you know I don't think it's been enough time I think it's all, you also have to consider that's one of the first things people are going to do so you got thousands of players that are jumping into games like I wonder if this is any good in the Crucible and they, and they go in how many people were you playing that were using it that were literally that's all they were doing is they were going to try it for a couple of games and then they may shelve it um that's a that's a logical that's a logical thing to do. Oh, let's uh, let's check this out. Let's see if this is any good. And they take it for a test drive, test spin, and then, you know, they may conclude no. Gritter's already putting one. <laughs> Gritter wants to come in for the snow for the voice calls. So that's plenty of time for Q and A though. That we're right around an hour. Great questions, great debates, great back and forth. If you want to do VIP call in, you pick that membership now uh, by clicking join, and then get in the Discord. If you want to live, you know, call in and talk to me live on the air. That's another segment that we do. If you're new and you haven't clicked subscribe and the bell button yet, please do that. That is totally free. It is free to click subscribe and the bell button. Um, and we do this Monday through Friday and I'm starting to use chapters on the past broadcast. You can find these segments a lot easier. So you can always check, uh, that as a timestamp thing that I'm going to be doing. Uh, if you're listening elsewhere, you know, you, you like to listen to the audio version or watch the videos later. I appreciate you doing that as always, please like share and subscribe. 
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a VIP uh, call-in session with viewers after the Traveler's Chosen quest review and gun review. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or any other podcast platforms, you can watch these live on YouTube. Just go to saynotorage.com. It'll bring you to the YouTube channel. The free and easy way to support me when you're there is to click subscribe and the bell button. If you want to jump in on voice calls or Q&A sessions, you can click the join button and pick between the memberships there and the different perks and benefits. Benefits. So, um, w- before we did this, we were having a huge Star Wars debate, which I'm sure we'll eventually have again on my other channel, Repeat Theater. Um, but we're not going to do that on VIP Collins. We gotta, <clears throat> we gotta bring back everything to Travelers Chosen and exotics and debates and things like that. So I'm gonna go to Necro first. What did you want to talk about, sir? Hello, hello. All right. So I had a thought. Um, you mentioned that you like weapons that are space magicy, and I had a thought about getting a unique perk for a primary exotic that would state if um, it could, depending on what button you press, mm-hmm. it would have a different effect. Because you know that you know um, they're lacking in strength. What if it turned into an energy weapon or if it had the power of a heavy? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, the, I, I have a lot of questions. I mean, would the ammo consumption change? Would, you know, would it be, would it be quick or slow to change it? You wouldn't want this to become a one to override your whole loadout. If you know what I'm saying, you'd have to keep it. You'd have to keep it in a lane somehow. Um, because if not, because if not, then it'll be the only weapon you use for literally everything. Not, not necessarily everything, but if I'm literally never using my secondary or heavy, because this thing is a, a secondary and a heavy. I like the idea of letting it leave its lane on demand. I would just be concerned what that's going to look like with respect to ammo consumption and how available is that? How often can I do it? What I mean, maybe I have to get so many kills with the primary before I can turn it into a secondary and it's temporary. Um, like it's a stack thing, right? Like I, I earn enough stacks and I can wait and turn it into like a secondary when I want. Like maybe there's like an underbarrel shotgun or something on it. Um, and then that underbarrel shotgun becomes a grenade launcher. But I have to earn the stacks to do that by getting kills. And so then it would be temporary. It would be, it would be, it would be niche. You'd like, you'd have to earn it. Other than that, I, I, I would worry it would be, it would be too universal. Yeah. <clears throat> that you mentioned the ammo consumption it would um share from the ammo boxes so maybe did you move your mic did you did you move your mic you're really quiet no. also oh I don't, I don't know I'll, I'll talk louder it's fine okay <laughs> um i was saying you know now that you mentioned that yes with ammo consumption it could turn it could use a bit of your energy reserves and your heavy reserves like if you pick up an ammo box maybe like the little icon will show like a portion of it go to the weapon and then you could it won't be like a full <laughs> clip let's say but for what it can provide let's say you know let's say like i don't know three to like energy ammo it's going to make like a burst of damage to give it like a little it gives you like a little taste of what could be but it's not going to be over you don't need to rely on it and then you're going to end up wanting to go to your energy and your heavy anyway yeah yeah i i i think it could work i just i uh, you know, anytime I have a you have a gun that could potentially do too much, it's gonna it's gonna eat up too much capital. Um, I would just be concerned uh, that I think the idea is good, but then 
a lot of the weapons that let you change something on demand, you're changing the fire mode, the, the fire method, you're, you're changing the element, changing it to suddenly being a secondary or heavy like that. Um, it sounds great on paper, but it could be one of those things where when it's executed on, it gobbles up too much of your loadout capital and you're, you're, you're feeling like it overshadows your, your entire loadout to a certain degree. Um, Coldheart does that a little bit when I'm using it. I kind of use it as a primary because the ammo economy is so generous. Uh, but that's 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 I think allow uh, that's I'm I'm allowing that because it's an exotic. I'm like that's okay if it kind of gets to dip into the heavy world because the sustained damage from it's actually pretty strong, and it can be kind of a primary just because the the ammo economy is so readily available and so replenishable. Uh, but because it's an exotic, I, I I kind of I'm like oh I'm okay with that. Um, if they ever did legendary trace rifles, I would think they'd have to lower their ammo capacity to keep them a little bit more in their lane. So then there'd be, there'd be a clear difference when you go up to a, a Prometheus or a cold heart, there'd be a, an obvious difference of depth of, uh, and wealth of ammo. Um, so I don't know. The idea sounds good, but when I look at the scope of exotics right now, I feel like that would be the Gallahorn effect. It would be the only one people really gravitate toward and it would overshadow not just the rest of your loadout, but potentially overshadow virtually every other exotic that we have right now, as far as the weapons go. Yeah, that does make sense. It, you know, it's kind of like it's weird. Like when we want to have like these unique sort of ideas, it seems like we keep going mm-hmm. in like around circles. Like we keep hitting that one huge wall that we don't we want to make sure that it's not going to be the one weapon to make that galahorn effect as you put it yeah um i was gonna i was gonna also ask where do you think the direction is going to go concerning traveler's chosen because that i didn't get it yet but i saw greg post it it's a really cool weapon to me mm-hmm. using the stacks and then bringing your abilities out and it actually even using the double dodge chess piece uh with your hunter that's going to be super broken um like mm-hmm. where do you think they would go in terms of like more unique exotics like you think that you think that just just the uh the just an appetizer you think there's more to come uh i mean it, it depends because with stasis it does start to feel like they're wanting uh, there to be more utility in the game so it's possible that they take a similar attitude with exotics um you 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 give an exotic a utility that at first you're kind of like when would I use this but then when you start looking at aspects and fragments even now we're already doing that we're looking at this weapon and we're saying some of the fragments that we've already seen and some of the builds we've already considered this thing's going to come in and be a really really strong capstone because it has a utility it's giving me you know melee grenade and class ability energy that's going to dovetail beautifully with some of the stasis builds we've considered. Are there any other exotics that would that you would consider, you know, in in those loadouts? I I don't know, maybe, but you know, maybe something like the sweet business would be stellar because you'd get you'd it would get a damage buff and then you'd be able to just destroy everything that's been frozen and feed yourself that super uptime. That's more about just ammo depth than it is about utility. So that's where I think we're going to see exotics go. I, 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 this is just a, a hunch. I think they're going to move away from exotics like Huckleberry and others that are more damage based. And I think they'll, we'll probably see more utility based exotics 
Um, and also Wither Horde, I think, is a glimpse into they're they're open to doing things that are already in the game, like the wave-based grenade launcher, Martyr's Retribution, and the Wither Horde. They're very similar in that they're that single fire rocket launch, a grenade launcher that does something that is kind of already in the game. Like we we can't necessarily put down a damage a damage like pool, but we can throw area of effect and damage pools like that exist from like the blights. Um, so. I would say either or. Either we're going to see more exotics pulling from stuff that's already in the game, like a damage pool blight, or utility like Traveler's Chosen. I'm leaving towards Traveler's Chosen because that's just the vibe I get from Stasis, that they're thinking, even the way they describe Stasis, it's not about brute force and damage. That would probably be a theme then for year four, or at least beyond light, where the theme is it's not damage and it's not brute force. It's more about utility and the utilities that help you with uptime, with slowing, with with trapping, with freezing. Um, I bet you there's exotics that really heavily lean into that, and Traveler's Chosen could just be the first of many like that. And I would be totally in support of that because I that's that's a problem we have right now is that the exotic system is going to fold in on itself because they're not sunsetting any of them and there's just so many of them that are so strong you're never going to unseat some of these heavies it's just not possible without nerfing them you know I, for whatever reason I'm the gathering um, they'll have an expansion where they um, focus on a specific mechanic and then you know what would we do with the stuff that we had from before? Our builds, our decks. I'm thinking, like, hopefully so. And then the preceding ones would probably make us look back and say, okay, now you had a taste for stasis. We're going to introduce other older uh, supers that we have. You're, you're, you're cutting out a lot. I thought it was me, but it's like you just constantly are going completely quiet. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening. I'm not. I'm not hearing anything. Um, well, I, I was actually. That's that's ten minutes, so that's fine. I uh, I'll just go, I'll just move on. I'm not sure what's going on. You're literally just going dead quiet. It's not even. I'm gonna mute you. Remute yourself. It's not even doing the robotic thing. It's just like legit, just dead silence uh, at random. So I'm gonna have to move on. Okay, Gritter, I'm coming to you. Uh, gonna unmute you here. Make sure you got the stream muted in the background. You had it on earlier, and I could kind of hear it through your mic. I'm coming to you. Um, what do you want to talk about today, sir? All right, all right. Um, my my concern is the utility of exotic primaries and contest modifier material. Um, I want to dabble more into that, and you know, in the future. But um, you know, this new sidearm just came out. Um, one thing I'm starting to hear from more people is that they're still, even though it refreshes, I mean, refreshes class abilities, they still feel like they have to put it away if they go into contest modifier material. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at this sidearm and I look at things like the Lumina and maybe even Bastion, maybe Bastion as exotic primaries that Bungie, maybe Luke Smith himself are looking or like kind of experimenting with is what the future can bring or what they can really do uh, when Beyond Light gets here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because I really think um, if this really continues to be like a problem with exotic primaries when uh, Vault of Glass comes out. And I bring up Vault of Glass coming back because I think it will be foolhardy to think that a uh, Fate Bringer will not come back with it. 
-hmm. if something like Fatebringer even has a problem standing its ground and contest modifiers, I think people are going to be like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The King of Kings can't even stand its own. I have to make put that away and say, come on, Xenophage, let's go. You know, I think that's going to be a problem. What are your thoughts on that? What, you know? Yeah, no, this is this is good. We were, uh, I think earlier we were talking about this and how the problem with an end game that is purely about damage and survival, primaries in general are just kind of falling off the, the table. They're not doing their job. And I have even argued, two, I've argued two things that they could consider doing. The first thing I argued in another video was that exotic primaries should automatically get a buff in a contest environment to distinguish them from okay. legendary primaries. You know, so you would go into an environment like that and you're, you're suddenly the Huckleberry and the Suros um, and some of these weapons, Outbreak Perfected, would suddenly be very, very good at killing trash ads because they would be almost immune. They would be immune to the contest delta. They would sort of glide over it. And then... So you might run Xeno for damage, but I might run Suros or the Mita so that I can really help with ad control. So that would be kind of my job. Um, So that was my first suggestion. Uh, The second suggestion is that anything that is a red bar doesn't get the contest modifier treatment because that's not really the role of a trash ad. A trash ad should not suddenly be incredibly tanky and hard to kill. It slows down combat rhythm too much. I think a better thing to do in these environments would be to create layers of difficulty. So the majors that you have to fight might have two shields or a new shield or the champion mechanic I think is a great thing to to lean on um, because that's a layer to the combat. Right now, it's just everything takes so much longer to kill and what ends up happening is I feel like my primaries really, really fall off of the uh, off of the table, and so those are just two suggestions I've made to say these weapons need to get a footing in the end game because presently they don't, and it makes the combat really unenjoyable. And I said this earlier; it's like everybody's trying to get into the club, and the club is named End Game, and the primary weapons are like, "Man, I can't wait! This is so fun!" Because we have fun with these weapons. I have fun with the Huckleberry. I have fun with the Me Outbreak. Too. And the Traveler's Chosen. But the minute I try to go into the end game, it's like there's a bouncer that's like, uh-uh, primaries? No, not you. You're not strong enough to come in here. They just, they just get bounced. Um, and that, I think, needs to be solved because there's some of the cooler weapons in the game. They're so fun, and they just get relegated to being fun in strikes, but not useful really anywhere else. Or they could be like, uh, as a joke, uh, well, I think a Necro was suggesting uh, they could come with a fake ID to bounce. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm really a heavy. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, th- those are really those are really good suggestions. And you know, I, I really think that Bungie is trying to find like just unique exotic. I don't think they want every primary exotic to be brought into the end game. But I see things like Lumina, and I was hoping for the sidearm um, Traveler's Chosen because with the, the refreshing your class abilities that could work very well with the armaments and the barrier mods for each mm. enemy type you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to hear people are still feeling they gotta put that away I'm like whoa that's uh, that's nuts to me um well, yeah, and the only you... other... go ahead sorry I was going to say, if you read the end of the most recent blog entry for The Hunter, they said that stasis is not about damage and brute force. It's about control and slow, like slowing. So it sounds more utility-based, like laying traps, slowing the enemies. It's not based in damage. And so I, I continue to think 
that if that's a theme for year four, then maybe both Traveler's Chosen and Future Exotics and even Future Perks in the Legendary Pool could be more utility-based to complement Stasis, because I think Traveler's Chosen is going to be really strong with some of the Stasis builds that we've thought about. Okay, okay. Uh, One last thing, if I can ask one last question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, What happened? Are you there? You, I, you muted yours. Oh, wait. Go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, okay, you, yeah. there you go. Oh, no, think, I just really think um, yesterday, uh, um, I think Joe Blackburn is a good... Uh, I think, I think. I mean, he's not an indefinite reason to stop make, you know, cheating and raids harder, but mm-hmm. I think it, he may be possible making it so relic dependent that, I mean, I don't know if people can hack the relics. It could, he could make it where every single person has their own relic they're in charge of. And no one else can be in charge of your relic. And if you don't do what you need to do with your relic, you're not going to do, you're either not going to proceed forward or you're just not going to be able to kill the boss at all. That could be something. I mean, I think him, as far as other things, could really, you know, make it hard for cheers. It's kind of like, and I'll say this one example and I'll make it quick. Like, uh, you know how you can get the free raid chest? I saw videos how you can you can skip ahead of the first encounter of Garden of Salvation. Yeah. You get the first free raid chest. But the mechanics of sword swiping and jumping, and if you fall to your death, you got to start. That's like, dude, just go get five people and just run it normal. You'll get the chest. You'll probably be at the second and third encounter by the time you sword swipe your way all the way to the first free raid chest. It's kind of, you'll probably do something just as similar with uh, the new raid. Like, look, you can cheat, but you'll be a fool to do so. You're better off just doing it normal with five people. Well, there's a couple of reasons I'm not going to be all that hopeful about what you're saying because I, I i do i think i think joe blackburn is good but i i think he has some philosophical ideas about raids that i disagree with because i think he's kind of the driver behind the res timer and the res tokens um okay his twitter handle is joe Garoth. i mean i think he was he was yeah. part of the team for golgoroth and if you think about it the golgoroth totem is a soft and rage six people die everybody dies uh, and that's that's kind of the inspiration behind the res tokens and the res timer. So I, I that's that's from him. And I have a fundamental disagreement with what that brings to, to raids. I don't like that. But to the other part of what you're saying, you know, did they cook up a raid that's going to be really relic heavy? So it's 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 going to be oryx in every fight, right? So you can't really cheat. You can't really damage cheat your way through it. Um, the only reason I'm not going to put a lot of hope in that is raids are in development for such a long time. I don't know if they had a vision for cheat prevention in a raid, a world's first race, you know, back when they started building this. Okay, um, that makes sense. But the hope would be that they could go in and say, all right, listen, we're going to be able to run reports on every encounter and see uh, total number of reses, damage output, total number of heavy consumed, and you will know who cheated again yeah. I, I think we get off on a sidetrack here I don't think cheaters are going to cheat and and think they're going to get worlds first the concern is they're going to cheat and relay info to another team that's not cheating okay. um, yeah. a leg, so a legit team is like okay so what's the next encounter because if that legit team isn't streaming then no one will know that they're way ahead and already know the mechanics of encounters if they're not streaming um, yeah, that's true the streaming world is a hive mind. As soon as somebody figures out encounter number three, everybody gets there and has a slight head start. And and that's fine, right? Because if the if the people who figured it out get passed up, 
they can learn from whoever passed them up. You know, they get passed up and that other team learns encounter four and then they, they get to encounter four and they have a slight head start and know the mechanics ahead of time. So the, the hive mind of the streaming world, it's fair and it's harmonious because it's called, uh, it's symbiotic. We're all benefiting from each other. I think the concern is a non-streaming team that is not cheating could have a huge advantage if they're getting fed info from a cheating team. And if they get way, way ahead and nobody has any clue, Bungie's going to run a report and be like, they didn't do anything that was illegitimate. They didn't spawn heavy. They didn't, they didn't do anything wrong. Um, I guess that would be the concern because there's lots of good teams out there, lots of good raid teams. And they might be like, look, we want to run this legit, but our buddies are willing to cheat and feed us Intel. I there's, how do you catch that? I think, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. The likelihood of that being a thing and the likelihood of that leading to success, I feel like that's probably a thin margin, but it's there. It's a possibility. So it, it, I think that's where people are concerned. Like I, I have a strange hunch that a, uh, a streaming team, a big name streaming team is going to, uh, is going to win. Yeah. It, well, I think they're going to win. I think there's just going to okay. be a, there's a vested interest right now in a visible team. Yeah winning because <laughs> there'll be no yeah. doubt there'll be no doubt yeah uh and i'm i hope that if that happens that nothing nefarious happened to lead to it and that's that it's true. legitimate <laughs> so all right well that's all i got for the day long thanks so much man uh, i'm gonna get go ahead and back out i think uh you know lightly was next and um i'm uh get ready to uh, do some other stuff for work but thanks for having me on man yeah man appreciate you calling in all right bye all right, Light Leap, coming to you, sir. What do you want to talk about? Well, I wanted to say that the prequels definitely... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, all right, back to Travel is Chosen, unfortunately. Even though the other discussion is way more interesting. It, um, it is, it is. <laughs> um, I think... Do you feel like the seasonal model that we have now... Um, limits them in kind of the quest design. I was thinking about the Kwasov quest and the ending, and I just feel like sometimes I feel Bungie just doesn't compare itself to former Bungie (laughs) because something like that, the Travel Shows is kind of like this. it's our first weapon, right? Same as Kwasov was in in D1, Mm -hmm. and I feel like they could have done a similar moment with the Ghost, because we're at, at the same step, right? That was Rise of Iron, ending of D1. Now we're like stepping into a new vision of Destiny with Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a nice touch. I, I like the quest generally. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people don't want to play Destiny when they complain about two grindy quests because we just played good content. It wasn't like yeah. shoot a hundred thing and gather a thousand things. So like, if you don't enjoy it, don't play it. I don't know. So I actually enjoyed it going through all of that. But um, yeah, I, I feel like there could have been it's always like there's so much there that that they could have done you know like this bring us somewhere to like the edz where we started and the ghost says something to us you know like they did in a cross-up mission i don't know do you think did you enjoy the ending do you think they could have done something like that yeah i mean obviously if we compare this to kvostov i do think it's it's not hitting as high of a mark um because what they could have done is if you think about the outbreak mission all that area was the original ta- like the like fighting our way through the original tower um, and we could have gone back there 
for this like that would have been very reminiscent of you know here's where we first you know started fighting and you know there could be a little line from the ghost be like it's it's amazing to think we saved the tower and all we started with was a sidearm you know like a little line about that and because a lot of people probably don't even know that that's what this gun is <laughs> like it's the it's the first gun uh, from vanilla and Kavastov was clearly like we kind of remember I think we remembered that a little bit more than this sidearm um, and so you know that area already exists I think if they were going to hit hit as high a mark as they did with the Kavastov mission that's what they would have wanted to do is take us back into that area reminisce about how long ago it seems that we lost the tower and how far we've come and you know, and then you could end up into a place in the tower where you look out on the horizon and there's like a, a, a pyramid ship and you could say, you know, and there's so much more we need to do. Because uh, I, I like that, like, Zavala was sad. You could sense a, a sobriety and, you know, he's... And then if you read the lore, uh, he's... The fact that he's this tortured, stoic soldier, I think is cool, but if again you're like yeah it's not as good as Kavastov but then in the back of my mind I'm thinking yeah but we're still in year three like I just feel like this is the theme for year three is it's thinner you know and I'm hoping that that's did it go ahead season of dawn was packed with it that's why I'm so surprised it feels like they're regressing themselves season to season well, not not really. Worthy was much worse than Rivals, but Dawn had you know the the, the sidearm quest where we went and and saw and heard the conversation. Which it was small between yeah. Shaxx and fourteen. Mm-hmm. That was cool though. I mean, we had the story missions with Saint fourteen, so I'm just like surprised. I, I don't think Year Three is solely an excuse because they did pack for some reason Dawn full of everything, and the mm-hmm. rest of the season is not really. I wonder if they're saving that moment though, right? There's missing lore from the interference mission I don't I wonder if the big moment hasn't happened yet like the oh my gosh the story's about the story's changing I wonder if they're kind of saving that um cause you're right when you were talking I, I immediately thought of Devil's Ruin I thought that was actually a pretty cool quest and people knocked it but I thought the audio was great um that was essentially the centerpiece of the Devil's Ruin quest was the audio um and to be fair, the Kavasov mission was pretty similar. It wasn't that difficult. It was a pretty basic little mission. And then we had a very nostalgic moment with really cool audio. Um, Luke said that the summer would be like no other time in Destiny. Well, here's the thing. I said before we got into the summer, I, and I, this doesn't mean I work for Bungie or anything, but I kind of tried to warn people. I was like, I really feel like year three isn't going to suddenly be incre- incredibly substantive right before an expansion. I said that I feel like the summer will be significant but not substantive and I feel like I'm being proven right with every week. It's pretty significant what's going on. The pyramid ships in the skybox are freaking dope. They're, you know, we don't they're going to fight. We're going to lose NPCs. We're losing plants. We know that's coming like there's this there's this oncoming war and tectonic shift in the in the galaxy. Like what is happening? That's significant. What's going on? Everything Eris is saying week to week is significant um but the, the, su- the, the event the live event remember i mean that was i know last season but it was already summer yeah so that was also something that was never there in destiny so i kind of agree with that statement actually yeah yeah that was significant but not substantive you know it was it wasn't substantive we just stood around the tower and watched it happen but it was pretty significant that that happened you know that rasputin did that we teamed up with rasputin and shot down you know the almighty and so 
I think that's why sometimes they have to be careful with their marketing word choice because they're like, it's going to be like no other time in Destiny. And we're like, yeah, what are you talking about? We're playing, we're just playing pretty basic missions and contact public event. Like, but it's significant what's actually happening in the game world. Um, And I hope, I hope and still kind of believe there's something big coming, a cutscene, something. Because if you think about it, they did the Almighty live event at the end of Worthy. I bet you something like that happens at the end of this season there's going to be some crazy moment where the the planets are taken and something ha- like I don't know where we would go to watch it or if, if, if it is going to be something that we watch um, maybe I don't know this would be kind of cool right like the f- like the last month leading up every week a planet disappears at reset and we're like oh my gosh what and there's like a cutscene for it um I don't want to get everybody's hopes up, but I'm just thinking okay. that I'm just thinking that with the way they did the Almighty, I feel like they're going to do another thing similar that's going to be kind of like holy crap. Because if you're not paying attention, you might not even know the planets are leaving. I mean, you got to be kind of blind. They 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 announce it like every time you log in. Now they're being pretty good about smacking you in the face with like, hey, these planets are going away. These planets are going away. Um, so that would be cool. But imagine the outcry if somebody planned on doing some triumph on Titan and Bungie's just like, whoops, sorry, that's gone now. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. They kind of can't surprise us. Maybe yeah. the last, maybe the last week since it's, everything's been delayed, that, that would give them some leeway. They could say, or Hey they guys, be changing. Uh, Cause Eris, I don't, you, I don't know. You don't play the content, but you don't like it that much. But if you play it a lot, there's actually tons of dialogue between Eris and the drifter. And Eris is saying that, I don't know if that because I feel this might be wrong so correct me someone but I feel like the dialogue is changing every week already since the beginning of the season hmm. and because one of the lines I recently just heard is that Eris is saying to the drifter the pyramids are changing the planets kind of like the the, the traveler terraformed the planets to, for survival mm-hmm. so maybe something like that would be happening that would be kind of cool just like changing them right yeah, changing them. Maybe we go and there's like areas we can't go. They become uninhabitable. They're too dangerous. There's like electrical storms and stuff. And because whatever they're doing to them makes them uninhabitable. And then as the season ends, we can't go there anymore. It's like blo- it's like it's blocked. And they could let us know that's coming. They could do like a trailer and say, you know, you know, next week they could even warn you in game like they do right next week blah 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 planet is not accessible you know get your get your your triumphs done or whatever before uh you know the storm is spreading or something like that there there could definitely be something like that i i don't think this season's going to end with just like a huh nothing happened and i don't think travelers chosen was meant to be a big moment like look where it's landing Oh no, it probably was meant to be a pretty significant moment. So yeah. I wonder I wonder if parts of it got cut out because this was supposed to this this landed right when the 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 DLC was supposed to be coming. Um maybe that's why it felt off. Maybe they had to gut some of it because they're having to pull pieces out to save for later in the season because it's supposed to run right into Beyond Light. Well, I do believe something significant is coming towards the end of the season because the, the lore is not available and there is a triumph. I don't want to spoil anything that was that I might um, that we have to do something uh, in the, regarding the story missions that's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something like that coming. That that's for sure. Uh, but I don't. I don't think they got it to quest. Honestly, knowing Bungie, that would have probably not been possible so quickly unless they really did it with the patch. So m- maybe. Um, 
So that was specifically the Traveler's Choice. I, I don't know. I think it would have been cool just to have something like, yeah, this is your first weapon and look where you got for like veteran players, you know? I wonder if they modified this because you remember when Lance Riddick was suddenly like, hey, I'm, I'm recording some stuff for Destiny. I wonder if they had to pivot here and change the way this landed and that's what he was recording was that, that very basic dialogue at the end and there was there's more that's supposed to happen that's attached to this mission because we did we went to all four planets and then we got basically just like audio from Zavala instead of something happening um, I wonder if this was meant to be the baton pass for Beyond Light and they had to make adjustments because of the because of the timing yeah I, I just agree with Weezy's saying as I said there is something regarding the interference missions that's definitely that was definitely cut out I think with this with the last update yeah but. yeah i think that too i think everybody was anticipating that but they're gonna save that for the because the timing's all wrong now um because of the delay yeah that's true um it's curious what i mean i hope that would that would be a good sign of bungie if they would suddenly be able to change quests on the fly right before they were saying that that would generally be good if they would be able to do that so quickly i don't know before well, the decision process seemed very slow well, we had to download an update before this happened, and they may have adjusted the quest. Was his audio data mined? What 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 Zavala said was his audio file data mined before before Tuesday? Because if it wasn't, maybe they literally added it in on Tuesday with the update. Techno saying no. If his audio dialogue for Travelers Chosen was not data mined before Tuesday, then I we may have our answer. Like maybe they literally added that audio file on Tuesday. And that was a change to the quest. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, that could be a possibility, actually. Yeah. Well, we'll see what what that brings. Yeah. Uh, I hope. I, yeah, it, it might be that we're gonna not gonna see that until the last week. What was actually happening? So well, I'd be curious to see. Hmm. Um, on on another note, um, I don't know if you mind that going back to the leveling discussion and the exotic yeah, players yeah. and everything. So. I don't know if you saw that. There was a screenshot in the trailer that they released, the Stasis trailer, that shows uh, somebody at level 31 or something. Yes. Do you, do you think that... I thought I thought it's just a death build, but we could entertain the idea that it's not. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, it'd be weird for the dev build to have a leveling... The, anytime they've shown us dev builds their leveling matches our leveling they don't have like different leveling rules in dev builds now usually they'll have like a generic maxed out amount of bright dust and glimmer and stuff you know like those numbers are sometimes random but I don't think they've ever shown us dev builds where like the leveling was 100% different um, I, I could be wrong about that but I'm fairly certain there's never been a time where we're like what the world's going on and they're like oh it's just a dev build now they've done that before what do they do? There was a weapon that someone saw, and they're like, oh, this is just a weapon we use in the dev builds. It's yeah, not the answering cord. Yeah. They use the answering cord in the dev builds as standard Soros rifle. Um Yeah, so if if uh if if the if the leveling is gonna change to a level instead of and it looked like their power was lower too in the one menu, um Triumph screenshot, yeah, something like 450 or something like that. Yeah, they were in the 400s, so they're... I don't know. The only thing that I think about that is why do we have such weird um, level caps for the the seasons in the infusion menu then now? Because 
it's not just 50 per season. It's 50 plus like 150 or 200 for Beyond Light. That, that seems kind of very specific to basically throw it all out again. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what good is this information if the power limit's 1360? I mean, if they do a squish, all that would get squished too, right? What if they're going to... What if they're literally just going to drop the one? Like, this thing's power limit is 360. They just drop They just drop us out of the thousands. You know? Like, all of a sudden, I'm level 60. My power level becomes 60. They just drop the one. Um, oh, yeah. They could just that drop works. us out of the thousands. Uh... And, but that would be weird because the triumph score that person was in the 400s so like how would they be that high already because um, this thing's power limit is you know obviously for what next summer 1360 um, I wonder if Bungie has thought that deeply about it as we are maybe someone's listening and they're like oh no we forgot the triumph <laughs> oh frick <laughs> well Teddy says when we choose darkness you start over Ah. Uh... Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe when you go through the campaign, you would... But that would jack everything up. What about a free-to-play player that doesn't go through the campaign? Like, they don't... (laughs) Is stasis free? Is it going to funnel everybody through a campaign mission that we touch the darkness and we come out on the other end and we're like, what's wrong? Like, our power, our light's weaker or something. I don't know if they would do that. Um... I don't know if they're going to do a squish. I know Avenger thinks they need to. I would love one personally. It's just nicer. But, but Yeah. I mean, assuming that they do, that's what I, I, it would be nice to have again this. First of all, I, because I love this, I would love again starting at like Greg, you land on a crash land on Europa basically. And then, have to like gather everything until we until we acquire the darkness subclasses. I don't know. That'd be cool, and then go through that whole leveling process again. I don't know. I kind of miss that. I mean, now they they want to come back with uh, um, loot hierarchy, so maybe there will be this progression anyways regarding the content. But yeah, uh, I feel like yeah, I feel like new players miss that. I, th- I think especially New Light gets a lot of criticism, be- criticism because every time you come late into a game like Destiny, you will feel overwhelmed, right? It doesn't matter if they help you. I mean, it doesn't matter if they help you with the power level. I'm all with you on that. But I think like this basic leveling process and going through the campaign once uh, is a good introduction. I don't know. I love that. When I started playing Destiny, when, when I knew D2 was coming to PC, and I... I, I I, I loved it. I need. I didn't need more. I didn't need more of the grinding. I, I loved going through the campaigns, leveling up, discovering the worlds. That was, you know, part of it. And then you know, getting from green to blue weapons, and then suddenly blue drops are, are all over the place. And then getting my first legendary. I think. I think that's a cool process. And I think that gets players hooked, even though it's only a weekly, like a thing that they do for a week. Yeah, and. I, I agree with that. I do. And I think when I push back, it sounded like I was being dismissive. I'm like, it's not an enduring it's not an enduring value point, right? We do the greens and the blues and the purples for a week and then we're done. I, I agree. I think there's something charming about that. I remember being like, oh, look at this green. And I remember equipping a green in Taken King and being excited. Right? There was this sense of there's that early game wood chipper. It's like something yeah. new and you throw the thing over your shoulder. It doesn't matter. This is new you're just throwing the loot into the wood shepherd I, like that's fun there's something fun about that it does um it, it does though i think maybe 
get overstated and like, oh, we really need that. I wonder if that would be too much work and not enough value payout if they're thinking long term. I do think new players need to have that experience and we'll have to wait and see what they do. Um, well, that's and- what I'm saying beyond. La- oh, sorry. I was going to say, the other reason I was worried about, like, if only people that play through Beyond Light get the number crunch and other people don't, um, well, then that would mess up trials in other places where power-enabled PvP. <laughs> like, that would mess things up. You could be like, well, I'm never going to go get the number crunch from Beyond Light, and I'm going to be 1,050. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that would break the power-enabled Crucible. They have to do it to everybody, not just people who go through the campaign. Yeah. But that's, I, I just wanted to say, I think Beyond Light is therefore a good thing because I think everybody would benefit it then, you know? I, I agree that maybe making it only for new players, all this all this stuff, is uh, uh, too much. But um, with Beyond Light, if they would introduce, um, you know, that we have to level again and everything, I think people would actually enjoy that. I think that, and even me as a veteran player, because it would feel like a sequel, right? A yeah. sequel with Destiny. You you would still get your gear, like the sun, the, the stuff that doesn't get sunsetted, the stuff that gets sunsetted. But you would have this wow, this idea again that you're you're you know you have a fresh game in your hand and your character needs to level up again. I don't know. I think I think then it, that would be a, a value point for me personally. Well, here's something they could do. You know how they do live events and everything in the game changes because somebody beat the raid or somebody did whatever. Uh, the first week of Beyond Light. I have said I think we're going to become guardians of power. We're no longer going to be guardians of light. I believe we're going to go through that metamorphosis over the next three years. That's what's, that's what's going to lead to, in Lightfall, we're going to become a guardian of power. We'll have three dark subclasses, three light, and we will no longer consider ourselves a guardian of light. That's why right now, when you see the trailers, there are orbs of power dropping on the ground, not orbs of light, because an orb of power is needed for the dark subclass. So they could do something in the first week of Beyond Light. They could basically say, you have, uh, whatever you guys did on Europa, something has changed with the Traveler, and all Guardians have are weaker now, or something. Like, they could do a, an event-oriented aspect to it. So, like, even if you don't go through the Beyond Light trailer, you would be directed to Zavala, and he'd be like, what did you do, Guardian? Like, wh- what has happened? And then, all of our power would be lower, um, and then that would explain the number crunch, but then you would still feel like it honored what you worked on. You know, somebody said, if you're 1050, you'll be zero. If you're 1060, you'll be 10. Like we're literally going to get zeroed out. Um, I don't, I just don't know if they're going to want to go that route because they focused so much on sunsetting and these new sunsetting numbers and these power caps and everybody spent so much time on their, on their power. I don't know if they're going to want to land that anvil on people. Um, but again, there's pictures that don't make sense then with respect to why was that person 31? Why was the triumph score showing somebody in the 400s of power? Like, none of that makes any sense. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's strange. I wonder... Yeah. I wonder... When, when do you think we're going to get the first uh, information? Because release of beyond light was supposed to be next week right i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you think i mean we could go by month but i don't remember like when do you think they're going to start rolling out some some juicy info about what's going to happen i think september is going to be all housekeeping so this twab this week will probably be what is it today right it'll probably be light it'll probably be a recap of all the subclass info they released 
they always love to do that in case you missed it um so they'll do that that'll be the beginning of the twab and then there'll probably be some housekeeping um because think about it that was housekeeping last week right here's what's happening with triumphs i anticipate housekeeping with respect to the artifacts uh as well as maybe leveling before october so sometime in september they're gonna have to rip the band-aid off and explain if they're making big changes to the artifact or leveling we need to find out in september because i think october is when they start to ramp up the marketing i think each week we'll get we'll get something in october to really get people amped for the the launch date uh in november i wouldn't be surprised if there are pre-order Xbox Series X combos on the horizon, because I think Halo got chopped. I think they I think Microsoft knew ahead of time. I think I think Destiny, I think Bungie and Microsoft are on a road to uh, trying to make the best of a crappy situation that Microsoft's flagship, you know, title is no longer launching with their their console. And I think they're, I, I, I do, I think that's partially related to the delay. Uh, it's just happening to land on the launch date of the Series X and uh, pre-order dates. Somebody said Bungie, like, you know, said something about the, pre- like, they said something about the date that ap- apparently pre-orders are opening for the Series X. Um, I don't know. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, and maybe they could do something this month to, to ramp that up because I think it's September 22nd is when you can start pre-ordering the Series X uh, or the Series S. Um, so that's what I think. I think September will be very much housekeeping and then maybe ramping up for some some of those pre-orders if they do combo because I think they, I, that this feels like a fit um, to, to latch on to the launch date of the Series X. It's a smart play. Uh, that puts you in front of lots of people because people that might not play Destiny will be like, holy crap, I get this, I get this, I get Game Pass, I get access to Destiny Beyond Light with Game Pass. That's awesome. That's like a free launch title that they're just throwing in. Um, and then I think October is when they really turn up the heat for the marketing. Um, interesting. Yeah, really. Back, I really hope we're going to start seeing soon because I'm, I'm really excited. But on the last note, I really hope we're gonna see a live event like event like we did in Last Wish after the first clear mm-hmm. uh, cutscene or something like that in in Beyond Light again because that was amazing and I just sometimes you think back like why did you do I, I know year three so I'll excuse Garden but I hope they're gonna continue doing that stuff with year four yeah yeah great right, I like so I much. like that. Okay. Oh, are That's you done? Me. So, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked right, over thanks. each other. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you. Okay, that is going to do it uh, for VIP Collins. Great session. Sorry to people that were experiencing the buffering. We did lose some viewers there. I'm not sure what happened. Seems like it when the dot goes live, the ingest servers kind of struggle. Uh, YouTube needs to, to bolster some of their bandwidth. <laughs> so if you're listening to this on the, like on one of the podcast platforms or you're watching it through a timestamp um, or you know the chapter, feature that I've been using now. Really greatly appreciate that. Always be sure to try to watch live if you can. SanitaRage.com to come watch live and hit subscribe and the bell button. That helps me out. If you're here live right now, hit subscribe and the bell button or maybe the like button. Let's see if we can't get the likes to roll over. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.